You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Hardcore Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And I'm broadcasting from South Street in Philadelphia. You fellows are familiar with it? This is a recurring thing. <laughs> yeah, this is, where, this is where I'm at now. I'm outside. If anybody's looking for trouble, uh, take a time machine. I was outside the TLA. Is that what you guys are playing? Yes. The Theater of the Living Arts. Yeah, I had no idea what, that, what TLA meant until this morning. I have um, some I have some fond memories of hanging out on South Street when I was like a teen. Um, I haven't. It's a teen energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, anytime after 2004, I think it's kind of kind of annoying, you know. But is that like the main oh, yeah. thoroughfare? Yeah, you know it, Tom. It's You've like been the here. hip hip zone. It's like it's the not... Soho of Philly. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the uh, what's the street in uh, in L.A. Uh, like Melrose, something like that. Something like that. It's like there's a lot of people, a lot of head shops, a lot of like weird junk. Pizza the Fairfax area of uh, the Fairfax yeah. area of Los Angeles. There you go. The, a lot of people yeah. on the street. There's some cool spots, you know, but also a bunch of whack stuff. We're some good record stores down there for a while. CI was down there. Um, oh no shit! Yeah, there was some good stuff right down there. The Space um, Boy. Was it Space Boy? Space? The upstairs one? Yeah, I think so. Um, was that a record? That's a record store in Philly. Did I make that up? Yeah, I think so. Noise pollution, sound pollution. One of those was right there. Um, yeah, sh- shout out to Philly, I guess. I guess. Uh, I mean, uh, but, honestly, yeah, yeah I, I, I could shit on Philly all day. I've done it on this podcast all day, but uh, this show is sold out. So I'll just wait a day. On a Monday. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, sold I out show at the say. TLA. Fun time. Fun time. That's a, yeah, that's a good great. time. So uh, shout out also to the TLA. Shout out to our sponsors. Run for Cover Records. Boom. That's me shooting a a, a, a Doom style shotgun. Okay. Closed casket activities. <laughs> that's me using the Wolfenstein uh, Luger stolen from uh, the garden. Okay, and the uh, the more in depth ones today to live a lie, and death oh, hold on, let me. I'll use the BMG. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and death wish ink. Uh, we'll go with a sticky bomb, which will be a delayed. Uh, this is from Halo. Delayed, delayed. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, to live Donald a lie. Duck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how I sneeze too. <laughs> uh, to live a lie, go to to live dot com. Uh, they they have a bunch of stuff. Tis the season for your fast core friend to go to tolivelie.com, hit that store, get that new stuff. Um, I think I've shouted out before. The Despise You tape is still new. There's some pre-orders that I think people should check out. The Backslider Psychic Rot LP. Still get that on color if you're quick. Um, nudge around. There's some cool stuff. If you think they have it all, which I know many people... As someone who has asked for people to get me records for Christmas before, I had everything. Mm. They have some nice to live lie merch, including snapback hats. 
So if your significant other friend, friend of a friend, acquaintance, etc., likes fast hardcore, get them that to live a life snapback. Tell Max the grind sent you. Thank you very much. Deathwish Inc. <clears throat> Guys, they have some new records. Uh, new Modern Life is War EP is out there. I think mm. it's for pre-order. This is kind of in the continuation of their series. Their distro is still on top. They got a new release by the band Chastity from Canada. That's coming mm. up. So people should check that out. Um, and yeah, you know what? If if you're scoping around and you need some good distro hits, Deathwish gotcha. Deathwish, Deathwishinc.com. Hit it up. Do the thing. Check out Chastity. Thank you to our other lovely sponsors. Go order stuff from all of them. Tis the season. All that said, guys, how are you? How are you both doing? Uh, I'm feeling uh, pretty pretty great. I'm really I'm really pumped up because I did something for this episode of the podcast, and now I'm like in a state. I'm I'm positively electric. We'll talk about it in a minute. Mm, okay. Okay. Tom, how are you? Push up something. I'm I'm doing all right. <laughs> Doing all right, you know, hanging, talking to my boys. Yo, uh, it's good to talk. We actually have we not talked for like almost two weeks. Yeah, almost. It's all right. It's all right. PK, right. That's why we talked about an hour before the show started. (laughs) We can't say on the podcast. That is true. PK, you've seen a lot of the country. How's the country doing right now? Falling apart. Uh, Could be better. (laughs) Not great. Not great, Bob. (laughs) Not great, Bob. Like uh, the the political division is uh, uh, really high, and, and uh, people are wearing their gang their gang colors on their uh, fucking you know bandanas at the moment. Uh, it, it, we just went to the south, and I'm as I've said, I'm a big defender of the south. I think it gets unfairly maligned. That said, they do love the "Let's Go Brandon" bit. They fucking love it. There's billboards. That just are paid for by private citizens that just read "Let's Go Brandon," and then what I enjoy is there are private businesses such as auto repair. Uh, I think even a, a used auto or used uh, a car lot that use "Let's Go Brandon" in their advertising, <laughs> which is fucking crazy. Um, so uh, I'd be lying if I didn't if I didn't reference that. Uh... A lot of local businesses here in Ocean County, New Jersey, also using the Let's Go Brandon on their signs. Um, really? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Then maybe oh, got yeah. nothing to do with the South, then. It's not even People subtle. Just... It's not subtle. <laughs> That's the thing everybody's saying. Like, look, I have no real affection for Joe Biden. I don't know about any of this. No one does. No, one does. <laughs> no. And but, so here's, man. Oof. But here's the thing, right? Is. Can't you just say fuck Joe Biden? I yeah, don't man, like, just do it if you want to do it. Like you're not being subversive. It's not like some like you know left wing or leftist is going to go in and be like, I can't believe I purchased something from this place. I didn't know. That's what, what I'm saying. Like it's you're not, not like being a, like yeah. It's, it's not a whisper. It's it's not like you're in a club. Well, <laughs> it's really I mean, weird. It's it's interesting because it's co-oping this weird like subliminal or subversive messaging like the next step beyond that is the which i've seen around here on stickers a few times the corn pop was a bad dude wow you've seen that around uh, it's like a deep cut yo 
I see it around. Not like I seen one or two. I see it around. It's <laughs> fucked up. I'm like, the first time you see it on a truck and you see a sticker, you're like, wait, what? Like, I can't, like, I couldn't totally tell, but you can, obviously, uh, uh, with the other stickers on the truck, you can, you can get yeah. the energy. There's, there's, there's context a, clues. Yeah, there's not a, this is not a pro Biden movement. Um, <laughs> but yo, the hard part is, um, when it rallies the that way, there's not a person on the left that is throwing up a Biden flag. No, no. that's well. Uh, uh, let's not but get is that into good it, or bad. The, you know what I mean? Like, well, the the polls are fucking dire right now. So, like, insane. it's if if you don't want Ron DeSantis to be your president, uh, I I urge you strongly to uh, hold your nose and say, yeah, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hard whatever, part is whatever happens next could be worse. Who knows? It's 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 the how how do you overcome because it's there's a rally side to the right, right? Without trying to make it bipolar only. Um but there's a rallying cry and it's a they get excited they get excited for a little like uh you know like little little, little when, events. When there's a push <laughs> and when there's a push I'll rally behind it, even if they can acknowledge like, yeah, you know, when a dude says grab him by the, you know, maybe I wouldn't want someone to say that about my mom. But uh, Bob, to give you an idea, they have the complete opposite problem. It's not like on the Biden side, they have to be like, oh, there's some leftists in our camp that are a little too extreme on the right side of things. They have to be like. We can't let this guy in the fucking building. He's wearing a shirt that's going to get us bad press. But that guy right. is showing up. You know, oh, right? So no, like, no, I know it's it's uh, it's an interesting time for the country and the world, guys. Guess what we're here to talk about? Some fucking hardcore, hardcore. Um, and you know, it's interesting. There's there's going to be a lead into this one that's unrelated, but it's it's current events. It's topical. Um, if either of you guys, Tom, this is this is where I uh, drop topic on both of you, but more more you because you are much more f- agile than than our slender friend over here. Sure, better on when, better on his feet. Yeah, sure. yeah, he needs some time to prep. As we've we've established in the gamification of axe to grind, that's uh, true. There, there's a dominant species uh, in the room. That's it. So, <laughs> Listen, I do better with the essays. All right, just give me time. <laughs> Take home test, Patrick, over here. Um, yes, exactly. Okay, before we get into the meat of today's episode, which I think is going to be fun, uh, Bob, are you going to lead into it with anything? Because I was going to do a a very quick hit that is Let's, apropos then, of nothing. So if you if, if I can get it, we'll out. do the lead in hit. I could just give a shout out. I'm outside this venue. And Glitterer uh, is uh, sound checking, and they just uh, just sound check the guitars uh, with uh, uh, it's the I will embra- I would embrace the world as my ally. What's the uh, is it one last wish? It's one last wish. It's not yes. Lights of Spring, right? And yeah. uh, it's such a nice fucking guitar line, mm-hmm. and it's nice that anybody is sound checking with it, particularly. I think it's the younger kid in the band. When I say younger, I think he's in his like late twenties. But the, the younger kid yeah. in the band who is uh, who's sound checking with it, and I like he's a DC guy, and I like how very DC uh, glitterous vibe is at the moment. 
I, uh, I, I respect it too. Also, really good band for anybody who hasn't given them a shot. Uh, it, it, interesting live because Ned is just still such a fucking force on bass. Mm. Uh, and r- really engaging. But I uh, just wanted to, it, it, they were playing it while we were talking. So I just want to give a shout out to Glitter uh, and anybody that warms up with the classics. So go on. Shout out to Glitterer. Uh, the first LP is really, really good. And the last LP is good, but maybe has their high watermark as far as songs go. So big shout out. Uh, Ned said, I quizzed Ned on if he would be, if he would play in a traditional sound or hardcore band. And his answer was uh, right in line with things that we talk about on this podcast, particularly Bob. I think this is, uh, is sort of your view of things. Uh, I don't know if we should just have Mon on it or if we should. Uh, it, it was like fast where a lot of guys who have been around for a while arrive, particularly guys who have had like some, you know, like scene success at the very least. Uh, but we'll, we'll, that'll be a tease. Maybe we'll get Ned on sometime. Ooh, we can talk ooh. about that. Ooh, you've been teasing for <laughs> weeks. So shout out to our buddy Ned. Um, guys, quick hit. And that's this is the lead in for the meat of the episode today. Did you guys you guys hear about this antidote thing? You see this? You hear about it? You hear this thing? <laughs> oh fuck! Why are you blindsided me? I don't want to talk yes. about this. I don't want to talk about this, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, this is a good lead-in. Um, so for those uninformed, there's two versions of antidote. Uh, one with the original singer and guitar player. Uh, one with the second singer and a newer lineup, but but a dude who you know in a lot of iterations was was a part of it. So. Um, the one with the original singer and original guitar player, Louis Annunzio, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, were in the midst of a 22-date Midwestern tour, which am I telling tales out of school to say that when we saw the three Indiana dates, we all said, wow, who booked yeah. this one? I think we talked about it on here. Okay. All right. Good. Because it was like, because I think one we of the certainly shows... talked about it in our chat. <laughs> yeah. I think we talked about it here because we we're like, yeah, like some of these places I had never heard of. Same. Like those Copley, Coplay, Pennsylvania. No offense yeah. if anybody's from there. Or like one was like, I think then they play like Fort Wayne or maybe they never made yep. it that far. Well, the tour hit Milwaukee and uh, they played with a band Slogan Boy who um, shout out to Milwaukee. Cool scene. I actually think they've got some really good bands up there. That band Big Laugh is awesome. Um, some really cool stuff going on. I'm not sure if the Unlawful Assembly uh, label is from there, but I think they've done a bunch of cool stuff that's from that general area. The band base was like, hey, uh, appreciate, respect what you guys have done. Um, don't think the song Foreign Job Lot is cool. Shouldn't play it. Apparently this caused... Um, confrontation and there were some issues and some words said that uh, resulted in the show being um, a failure let's call it and uh, within a day or two the singer exited the band and the band uh, I think effectively broke up is that all accurate is there any details we want to add to that story uh, no. Okay, so <laughs> Thanks, it, it, uh, there's uh, we weren't there. Right. W- what what we understand from people posting online 
and uh, what seems at times to be a game of telephone is when pressed, uh, the singer, uh, no, actually not during the pressing, during a, somebody disrespected him and he resulted, yes. he resorted to language that we don't use anymore. Cool. Now, again, I wasn't there. And right. uh, someone let the door I, slam I, in his face. Yeah. yeah. Now, and the guy was like, fuck you. You got a guy from Antidote. Uh, right. from Antidote yeah. said some words that like, def, you know, not the right things to say. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that dude <laughs> actually is a, check it out. Yeah. Hold on, Tom. I'm going to let you get that off. But I don't I know if I want to get it we, off, honestly. I said, I said words we don't use anymore. That's, that's not one we ever used. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah, 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 please, yeah, yeah. Don't be like, you know, words I use until 2019. No, we we never. It was never cool to use that. Yeah, slur McSlurson over here. Um, right. Yeah. But it was it was a slur that Louis Rivera, yeah. yes. a 55 year old dude from Lower East Side, probably uses like the word the. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not to make it right. No. No. But I don't it, think it had it, the same connotations as people assumed. No, thank you. That so there's a thing that's kind of lost on a lot of Midwesterners, uh, which is there's a I've talked about this. There's a triangle of uh, you could say New York, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. Where again, this is not anybody in this fucking podcast, so no. you don't need to you don't need to kill the messenger. But urban whites use the N word. You don't need to kill me. I'm not an urban white. I'm as suburban as I can manage to be. So I um, can I interject? Yes, all please. urban whites. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. as, as an as a white guy who's from Brooklyn. Yeah, not we don't use that word. Right, but but you're familiar. You, Tom, not you, not you. Nor no, you know what? I got to be honest circle. with you, man. Not a lot of like like Action Bronson's not dropping the N word with people. No, it's but, it's not cool, man. They don't put it in rot like. It's not, but I mean, um, Louis Rivera is a Puerto Rican dude from this, the Lower East Side that like, who's got 10 plus years on, on you and uh, yeah, maybe, I, maybe 35 on the people he was talking. Right. And like, if he said that, like in, in his every day, no one would think twice. Yeah, I mean, and the, I'm not saying that, I'm not getting, I'm not shooting the guy bail or anything, but I'm just saying, like, no, 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 no. It's a this, thing that it, like, doesn't make sense to people that aren't from. Yeah, and primarily just, because we're just because we're telling you what it is doesn't mean you got to be with it. I, no, I, no, truthfully, no, no. I don't. I don't got a fucking dog in this fight. I don't care at all. No, but, and, but I'm and just I'll telling, throw my hand up to be like, hey, you know, like, uh, just because the singer of E Town Concrete uses a form nope. of that word doesn't mean that I one think it's cool, two agree with it, three think that anyone anywhere should be singing along to it. Um, and then every iteration right. of it. But we are so, trying to say. Well, what I'm trying to say is. context and nuance to this. Yeah, I won't even go with nuance. I'll just, say, yeah. I'll just say that like the, the, the game of telephone that got to me did not represent it, this man's racial background or his uh, place of origin, which are very, again, it's just. It's a thing that happened. Doesn't mean you got to be with it, but context clues, it's a thing. Anyway, 
the and more then, you know what though? If you're a young cat from fucking Minnesota, uh, for yeah, Milwaukee, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna know that. And that's, I totally I fucking understand. get that. Like that's totally fine. Can you know, I? You, you might look, be you like, just, I don't care. Still not cool, dude. Like, Absolutely, and hey, that's cool. No, I, I get you. <laughs> and respect for stepping up and 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 yeah. you know fighting for your convictions. Um, so can we? I have something to add to the, the antidote the, thing. Oh, yes, sure, yeah. So from Facebook. Yes. We're only old, the only, only old people reside. Yes. The it's other a website antidote. for everybody who's under 30. It's a website yes. where old people go to, to <laughs> What's die. the guy that runs this, Pat? <laughs> I believe I, I don't remember. I've seen him on television. It was Tom. Mark right? Zuckerberg. After, after he did MySpace, he did this. <laughs> That's right. So antidote the the so the last one standing. Yes. So after 24 rounds, um, parentheses months, the winner and still championed by TKO is it was an ugly battle. Bodies piled, but perseverance and righteousness shall prevail. And it's got a picture. They're playing a show as the high and the mighty, which is like Drew's band before Antidote. Yep. Yeah. And it's like a, a cell. You know, like how people made those like emojis that look like themselves. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that it's uh, his emoji over the flyer. <laughs> and then the other um, the other antidote chimed in like a rat leaving a sinking ship and a true sign of a weak and insecure character. When the name was worth something to him, it was fair game to attempt to steal it. Now that the name has had a little mud thrown on and at the first sign of trouble, he cuts ties and runs like the coward he is. What a guy. Wow. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart. Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Okay, You're going to see like 57-year-old men throwing down an Avenue A imminently. Yeah, and they might attack me after this because I got, I'm going to just go into one. Is that cool? Uh, guys, I think that you put out a fucking great record. I think it's not enough to play a full set. No. I think that th- I think that this is uh, no longer fun. You, if you back away from this now, people will only remember that record and the good times that they had with it. We don't need to do this forever. Please stop playing. And I literally never say that. I yeah, think people don't. should. Ex- <laughs> I think people should express themselves for their entire lives and i don't say give things up but fellas this and i'm saying this as like the most respectful because the old heads i I don't know if you could find somebody that's got more reverence for them than i do i think like i try to recognize everybody's shit guys please back the fuck up off antidote it's like like for me i i honestly listened to the record two days ago and i was like oh god fuck it why do I have to know anything about them? 
<laughs> for me to say that oh. the guy that'll cut anybody i will i will seriously make excuses for anybody <laughs> and i just was like come on why do i gotta know stop yeah play new york once a year and chill yes yo take yes. a few years off so you can build up take a few years yeah. off make it no make don't next touring one. who yeah, the fuck is the touring one. yeah I, I, yeah so this Brutal, is all to say thinking about it a bit um, foreign job lot has been on that record since 1983 to whatever it is. I think 82. Um, Bob, you can't, you can't fill nine minutes of a set without. It. <laughs> I, I so know. So but I do like black flag covers and shit usually. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so it's a song that's existed on that record. And it's not like it was like back in 98, this made more sense and was totally cool. It was like, Oh yeah, this ain't that cool, but like, okay. No. You know, whatever. Well, can I offer that if uh, I don't know the band Slogan Boy, but like if uh, if they were the ones that broached the problem with it, and I'm sure other people had a problem with it, but sure, uh, yes, definitely. If uh, that's the sort of thing where if if I was depending on how people approach me, if they were pressing me and like trying to menace, that's a different thing. But if it's just like, hey man, that's just not cool. It, like I would just be like, hey, you know what? Truthfully, I agree with you. I was 18. I hope that you can enjoy it for the efforts of my bandmates who really wrote a sick fucking track. I was a knucklehead. My bad. I think it's a piece of history. I'll preface it with something that I hope makes you comfortable. That's how I would handle that shit. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and but and maybe not a 56 year old dude from New York. <laughs> no, that's a fact. True, good but, point. Maybe slogan boy would say, Hey, fuck you old man. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they'd say, all right, let's see how you do with that context. <laughs> but, but for me, you know me. I think that these things, they're still pieces of art. Uh, you can you can just provide a little bit of context. Nobody's got to go fucking nuts for it. If you don't like the lyrics, you don't like the lyrics. It's just, hey, I was I was a fucking nineteen year old shithead. That you don't even need to make excuses because people in twenty twenty one don't like excuses. Just no, say just I was a nineteen year old right. Yeah, I was just a nineteen year old shithead in nineteen eighty two, uh, and this is uh, uh, uh this is lyrics I wrote in my room for. Uh, two hours and um sorry yeah but but i would say for my bandmates and the and a bit of history this song still rips like the you can't deny that this is isn't good hardcore so uh let's have a good time with it and we're all going to play this with the understanding that there's nobody in this room that feels this way in 2021 right right okay here we go boom you know um (laughs) pulling back because i like what pat said there this isn't the only song in hardcore that's that's got its issues, right? Like holistically, ten thousand foot view. How do we deal with it? What do we do? What do we do with those songs? Because we're about to get into it with some of these records we talk about. But like, what do you do? What do you think the collective we should be doing with it? Uh, I mean, they I know, could go question. the ba- <laughs> they could go the bad brains route, mm-hmm. which so don't blow no bubbles. Yes, is now um, um, there's no lyrics, there's no vocals on it. Oh, it's an instrumental on play it. Play the ripper of the yeah, yeah. So I mean, they could legit just play the fucking song as an intro or whatever, and not have the fucking lyrics over it. Oh, you can you can still mash up to that one. Yeah, but I mean, I think I mean I get it. It's like it's not fucking cool, but like you know, I think that you have that conversation with a 35 year old person that's doing it as a cover. 
Yeah. They go, fuck, you know what? You're right, man. I totally, I dropped the ball on that one. That was shitty. That was stupid. I'll never do it again. You're talking to people like the dude There's is legacy in the hinges band on for it. Thir- but you, you haven't been in the band for like 37 years. <laughs> and you're like, literally, it's 30. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mo- 90% of the people that are listening to this right now were not born. That's right. And yeah. that record came out. That's right. And like the dude was out of the band nearly immediately. That's right. Yeah. So it's been, I mean, for whatever, like Drew Stone has been in the band the entire time, like more than anybody. But like, I mean, and let's be realistic. I've seen Antidote, you know, the other version also do that song. So like before everyone starts going like, but I mean, I think you could do it as, you know, I just don't think they have the wherewithal. And I'm, this is not, you know, it's just where people are at. Or like, oh, to, I, I, I'm not shooting the bail either to kind of be like, you know what? Like, yeah, no, I get it. Like in 1982, when, you know, we were in the middle of a cold war and, you know, Ronald Reagan was telling us that, you know, people were coming from out of the country and they're taking, I mean, like stealing our jobs kind of bullshit. Like, you know, I wrote this and I was 17 and I worked at a fucking supermarket. Yeah. Also, it doesn't, it doesn't hold water in 2021. You know what? Like, fuck it. I'm, we're going to add another fucking black flag song to the fucking set list and maybe not do that. But like, I don't think they have the, they don't have the ability or either the interest or the ability to read a fucking room. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. That's all. And how do you know that dude's not a fucking, a dude that's still like, yo, I stand by that shit, man. I can't find a fucking No, that's job. true. Listen, you don't that's know. all true. That's true. I don't know that. But here's my thing is I go a different way with this. And I think it depends on your audience. If, if your audience is people that are like uh, a little artier, you know what I mean? For lack of a better word. And you just say, hey, everybody, I wrote this when I was real fucked up. I, I thought that this was the way to do things. It's not the way to do things. But you like this song at one point. Same way. We're going to play it. But I hope you're all in different spaces. I'm in a different space. All right. Here's all of the first glass jar record. <laughs> I mean, to like, what end? What are you doing it for then? Because it's like, right. then why are you singing a, a song that you like? I mean, this is going to open up another fucking s- Pandora's box that you don't believe in, or that you do believe in. Well, like, then you don't belong there. Like, then it's fucked up. No, you listen, know what I'm saying? It, like, you're like, getting it, up there. I mean, it's the equivalent of watching, like, you know, like, dude, you don't want fucking Rick Rodney hands off the mic to, to a straight edge person. During right. the, the out the overtly straight edge songs out of respect because it's like I'm not I don't I don't live by this anymore. Then either sure. you're getting up and doing something that you don't believe in, which is gross, or you're getting up there and being like, I stand by every last fucking word in this, which is worse. But but it's not you stand by it. It's hey, this is this is where my head was at. I felt so strongly that I dedicated a few years of my life to performing this song. Isn't that wild? Anyway, I got to totally do it. Co- like, I feel like that's yeah, tough. Li- no, listen, it, it's like it would. You know what? We talk about it with straight edge shit, but you could go a different way with it. You could say it's like playing a song about a woman you no longer date. And it's a, it says, hey, I don't got these feelings of love for that person anymore. But you know what? At that time, I felt really intensely about this. And it was such a it made such an impact on my life that it made an impact on the lives of thousands of other people, too. I Why don't think you play that, old material. That's right. OK. Uh, I mean, I won't play old material because old material bores me. But but uh, the- that's different, man. That's yeah, not. No, I know. That's I'm like, just fucking around. No, 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 no. I'm talking to Pat. I'm talking. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. 
I'm saying the pat like that's different kind of being like, hey, I, this is a time and a place in my personal life. Yes. And like it's not, you know, it's not hateful and like xenophobic and like racist. Like that's a whole fuck, you know what I mean? Like that's like being like, yeah, I know we were white power band, but like fuck, it's stupid. Stop. But like one more time, because it was it's catchy. You don't do that. I well, I mean, I mean, certain places, but maybe uh, the descendants changed words because they were embarrassed of what they did, so they changed the words. But listen, there's a lot. What museums are doing now, and I think some of them are a little ham-fisted with it, and a little like like pretty clumsy, honestly. But they're trying context, right? It's just is just providing context. Like if you've been to a natural history museum. Uh, in New York, it's cringy now because everything has a disclaimer on it. However, as cringy as it is for me, because I didn't need this fucking blatant, like, talk down to me, fucking context things. People feel better about things when they go, oh, so really we are just celebrating the knowledge of this and uh, like, or, or for example, yeah, but that's go to history. Art museum. Are we really giving well, fucking, go, go to an art, go to, fucking go, seven inch that much of fucking history. I will get, I will shoot it this much in the respect that if you were to go to an art museum where there was to be like, for example, uh, one that's common is a uh, uh, depiction of native peoples in a fashion that like they almost certainly didn't behave. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so like that's common, yes. but as far as American art, that is still some of the technically best and most and most uh, uh, influential yeah. of, uh, of the American artists. Now, you can like and you see these signs at the Met. It's the Met that has the old shit in New York, right? Yes, it's the yes. Met. And you'll see the stuff at the Met that'll just say, like, uh, at the time of this painting, it was common, uh, commonly thought that uh, raiding bands of uh, Cheyenne did this. Blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it's like. Okay, so we know now that this is a complete work of fiction, like, uh, a, or that there is at least sure. more to this story, and this is propaganda in whatever respect, whether the artist knew it or not. And but then my point is, the antidote wreck is cooler to me than any of those paintings. <laughs> so well, you might always, want to write this all down on a fucking cue card for somebody to really kind of get that thought across. I, you, all um, right, put it this way: I come up on, I'm a crypto fucking billionaire. Yes, and, mm. and I convince Ian. You know what? Get Brian Baker. Get Lyle Presler back. Get Jeff Nelson. Let's do my guilty of being white. Will they would you in a fucking billion years? If I go, Pat will throw you another million dollars if you play that song. You think they're doing that song? I think there's members of that band that would say, I'll do it solo. Right. <laughs> but Ian is not fucking doing it. No, and he's not doing no, it with Ian's a rejoinder. He's not no, doing any kind no. of like preface. It's like, nope. it's, no, I'm not doing it. No, yeah. And it's like, no, I'm quite honestly, yeah, right. If you have, and this is for, if you only have a seven inch you can tour on, maybe you don't tour. Yeah. Well, don't that, well okay. That, Tom, now we're in complete agreement. Yeah. Yes. Don't do it. have a seven inch you can tour on. And that seven inch is 39 years old. Um, maybe. Maybe don't tour ah, on it. Yeah. Maybe play like, you know, like drive out and like maybe play Chicago. Yeah. Make don't it, play Appleton, Wisconsin. So so the big thing is this is a conversation. I don't even know if we really got to it, but Tom, you gave some good examples. I think it's interesting, uh, you know, you go outside of hardcore, but a band that I know a lot of people who are younger than us really fuck with 
Paramore, uh, their big their their breakout song, Misery Business. Misery Business. Right. They still play it. Uh, Haley Williams won't sing those parts, won't say the parts, but they still play it. They stopped playing it for a long time, though. Stop playing it. Brought it back. Don't, I mean, it's don't, their don't sing the part. Yeah, don't sing the parts. I get it. I get it. But it's the questions you have to ask is like, what, what is the responsibility? What is your responsibility? It's a fan, artist, etc. Uh, my biggest thing is I don't want sense. I don't want any of these people to censor the original recordings, the records, etc. Leave it as is. Do yeah. I want? Yeah. Do I want guilty of being white to be on? A record I love? Nah, not really, but it is. Does it mean I don't love the record? No. I still love the record. Foreign Job Lot. Do I agree with the song? No. Did I ever? No. <laughs> you know? Do, no, yeah. do I think that record's great? Yup. You know? Um, so Oh, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't take away from like like the like something must be done is a fucking all timer. Yeah, yeah. And and like there's other there's other you know, uh there, there's a lot of context that isn't spelled out on there, but regardless, um, my my things is I I don't want any sort of censorship or changing of the thing because I believe in it as a historical document, not to make it uh, a painting, but to say, hey, this is what it is, for better or worse, for all its beauty and blemishes, this is what it is. Um. Do I think artists can choose to play or not play it? Sure. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, they don't want to play it. They don't want to play it. It is odd to book them and then when they show up, and I don't know who, you know, I don't know if the person who booked them is the, to play with them and know you have this issue. Maybe it was intentional. And if it was intentional, okay. That's like, that's a different conversation. But it's there's the weird strain of showing up and saying, "Hey, don't play the song." Where it's like, but "Yo, you me, knew they were coming, right?" You know. Well, I mean, how do you know that? Like, maybe it was like, "Oh, I think it could have been just somebody off the street." You know, like the, who 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 knows who promoted or it? Or not I even that. that, right? Or being like, "Yo, in 2021, they can't be playing the song, right?" Right. And then they hear through the grapevine. All right. Well, the first three shows they fucking opened with it or whatever the fuck you know. And then you're like, "Well, I got to say something now." Well, that, and you're right. And in that case, I get it. I I, I just. You know this band has uh, eight songs to play off this seven inch, and that's one of them. Um, and it might be something to think about moving forward. Blah blah blah. Not something we have to worry about. But it is. It brings to mind this question, and this is kind of the lead in. How do we come to terms with stuff we love, don't love? stuff that's important isn't important to us but you can acknowledge is important to the world at large of this of the hardcore world that fucking sucks sometimes yeah so tom today's topic oh boy is the chromags oh <laughs> tom, do, do i you live love, here do you love the chromags oh jesus christ in 2000 uh we, we're we're outside CBGB's in a big group of people talking about the age of quarrel. Yes. Easy question from baby me to baby you. Yo, man, do you love the Chromags? Fucking greatest band in the world. Yes. Love them. They're great. 
I can't believe, I can't believe. Like we're going to see them. Yeah. I can't believe this but, band. I can't believe age of quarrel. I can't believe that this record sounds like it does. It's a definitive record, definitive band in New York hardcore, but no other New York hardcore band actually sounds like them. Cause it's literally impossible. Right. Now, we look down the street and there's some like Spock rock haired white belt coming towards us. And you're like, I think I know. Oh, that's that guy from upstate. Patrick walks up, baby Patty. <laughs> um, and we say to you, Patrick, hey, man, do you like the Cro-Mags? And it's the year 2000. And you would say, nope. Right. I listen to Q and not you. <laughs> no, I would no, say I what I what I still think, yes. which is that there's nothing on Age of Quarrel I can't get from the the best of the bad brands, not a thing. Oh, and I I confirmed that today. So I, so think, I, I think what you miss is the the they lean so much more into the metal leads. They do. No, it's and it, Motorhead it's, and, and Motorhead. No, you're not. The, the, the you're not wrong there, and it's it is different now. If you are like neutral, if you're warm milk on all that, you're not wrong. What what would Adrian Quarrel sound like with HR singing? That's a pretty crazy concept. True. Do I think it would it be sound, better? I can't I bet it say would that. Say, you know, I think it would sound largely the same because John is literally doing HR. You know, like but no matter what, but, he's doing like he's doing eighty five percent of HR. I mean, he's, I've seen the bad brains with John Joseph. He ain't doing HR. Yo, okay. Well, he's doing Hold he's on. doing his best bootleg, and I'm not no no diss to John Joseph. No, because no he does it better than anybody. He does it better than anybody could. I have and, so. Uh, you guys are going to be so mad at how much I'm going to give John his flowers. The no, entire we're going to give episode. we're going to give John his flowers here because I think 100% HR on Age of Quarrel, especially when it's recorded 85, comes out 86. Recorded, it might have even been recorded in '86 too. If HR is doing HR things, John never goes to the pitch. John never is squealing the way HR right. squeals, you know. And I think some of that stuff plays so well on the Bad Brains records. It's like integral, integral. On Age of Quarrel, some of the restraint of John makes it feel like a boiling pot where someone's holding the lid down. Yeah. And I don't, you know, yeah. he might have more, but he just never lets it go like that. And that's like incredible. You know, it's wild to think like bad brains and like the Cro-Mags, like not that far apart. No, 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 no. Te- technically like, contemporaneous. Yeah. Like you think about it, it's like what the raw tape was, what? 82, 83. I think 82. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. And like Chromags were were started in like 84 or whatever. Well, the Chromags have their demo 84. And I think they were started technically before then. But can but, you imagine being like their, such yeah. a thing that you're like, so even if the bad brains like started really hitting people in like 80, <coughs> yep. like within like five years, like they were like the kings of everything. Well, I mean, I guess that happens now too. No, it, it, well, it doesn't. It doesn't. But they, when it was new, and here's where we get to expound some Bad Brains love. When it was new, I mean, the Bad Brains are responsible for the DC scene, and they're responsible for the New York scene in at least some extent. Yep. And that's a solid, you know, 45% yeah. of 
American hardcore pre-1983, you know? Um, I'm all the everyone from the Midwest and Boston would be like, Yeah, bad brains, crazy shit, really good. Even if negative approach doesn't sound like the bad brains, not a member of that band isn't gonna say, Yeah, those that shit's crazy. <laughs> we fucked with yeah. that, you know? Um yo, so it's like hard to to say that, but you're totally right. The Chromags, I think to their credit, realized, hey, we love the bad brains. We can't be the bad brains, but what can we do that is that, but we love it so much um, that, that, you know, it's it's outwardly one of four bands that, that Harley, John, Paris, etc. will actually cite Mackie for sure, too, cites them as an sure. influence on his drumming, yeah. who will cite, like, yeah, bad brains, Motorhead, you know, like Discharge, Discharge, discharge yeah. the other one. So those are the three that you always hear. And if you listen to their record, yo, you know, we talk about it here. I know all th- uh, both of you guys feel it. There's sometimes when you hear bands and they say, oh, we're influenced by this. And you go, really? Huh. Okay. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, right. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Right. You, you can hear the Bad Brands, Discharge, and Motorhead on Age of Quarrel. No question. And, and Best Wishes. And Best Wishes. Uh, and Best yeah. Wishes. Motorhead, particularly, I was listening to Best Wishes today and I was like, fucking a lot of Motorhead here. Well, well, it's <laughs> so, a lot of Motorhead, but I also want to say, like, to be honest, Best Wishes is a contemporary heavy metal record of that year. It's still hardcore influences for sure. But like to me, it's just as much a metal record. And I don't say that in any sort of negative way. Um, I actually think it's cool. So anyways, we're pulling this back to just go with our... We're going to just talk Chromags today because we've talked about them in drips and drabs. Um... We're going to give flowers. We're going to show love, but at the same time, give context. Um, not so much to do like an oral history of the band, but maybe our history from our time in hardcore, what what the the waves of Chromagdom has been, and then where it's at now, which is a really fucking weird place. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I follow an Instagram account, which is, I think, Chromags every day. Uh, they just posted a picture of Harley with a horse. He's hugging the horse. It's very okay. touching. Um, pretty funny account. I'll try to remember exactly what it is. Shout it out. Um, let's start with you, PK. What were the Chromags to you uh, as a young person, your first introduction to them, and then where you came to strongly dislike them? Um, Albany was big fans, Harley, uh, friends with a lot of upstate guys, kind of like a, a pretty deep connection, uh, stigma. I mean, White Dudes, Devil was almost like a Albany band, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hmm. uh, like the, the Troy dudes had like a strong love for Harley. Uh, and those guys leaned metal. And I think that as you pointed out, at least best wishes and beyond. So yes. did Harley. Yes. And, uh, he, you know, he was like a figure. Like I never saw him on the streets in Troy, but he, uh, you he know, I mean, like he for was, a minute. He was down. Like he was, uh, you know, part of what was going on with those fellows. And uh, I think still, like they all consider him big homie. Uh, so there was that connection. But I wasn't hanging with the Troy dudes. The Albany Wait. dudes. <laughs> the, you know, the Albany. You don't dudes, say really weird. <laughs> The Albany dudes uh, of a certain generation were like when I got in, everybody was too new school hardcore necessarily for the Chromax. It was uh, it, that wasn't necessarily their thing. But just a couple of years later, 
the Cro-Mags were experiencing one of their many renaissances. And mm -hmm. everybody was about the Cro-Mags. It was like overnight, people went from Snapcase to the fucking Cro-Mags. <laughs> so so uh, <laughs> there was a wild sea change in Albany hardcore where, like the meat and potatoes hardcore crowd, I'm not talking about the gloom crowd or any of that. Yeah. The, uh, the sort of meat and potatoes, which at that time was leaning more into 90s style uh, stuff. Uh, they just, uh, I don't know, this sounds disrespectful, but kids do this. They yeah. kind of flipped. They kind of flipped from like, everybody loves hate breed to, no, this is the real shit. So, and I don't. Yo, that's a really interesting comment. I'm going to come back to it, but please keep going. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. And I don't, I'm like a difficult person. I, if there's a trend going, I'm probably running the other way. So I, I'm looking for the holes in the trend and it didn't take me long because frankly, <laughs> and this is, I'm going to say a thing and then I'm going to caveat it uh, as best I can. When you don't like anything else, like a thing, one of two things is happening. Either it is an exceptional work or you're a fucking poser. That's it. So like, if you only, like if the only hardcore that you listen to is the bad brains well that's exceptional but you're also probably a fucking poser and th that's the way that that works so the for all of these kids who were straight up hate breed heads to be like like yes i don't listen to anything fast i don't listen to anything attempting to be the bad brains but oh hey i love the chromags read to me a little false now that come on here's the thing even me, who does not like the Cro-Mags, who does not like Age of Coral very much, it's exceptional. So I understand, yeah. right? Like, right. you can find a way to love that. But I also think that on some level, like, I love Amoebics. I don't like anything that sounds, anything in that world. I like things that sound like Amoebics. I don't like anything else in that world. If somebody was like, you're a fucking poser, I'd be like, that's that's accurate, yes. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you would take it as a stain that you're a, uh, a backpatch poser. Right. No, I, I'm wearing an Amoebic shirt like underneath my uh, New Balance uh, windbreaker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm not. I, I I don't feel the need to be down. You know what I mean? But I I always read I always read it as like a little bit a little bit Johnny Come Lately a, a yeah. little like uh, try hard. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I really I love Eye Against Eye the record. And yes, you do. I yeah. honestly in my heart feel that that no matter what you guys say we don't got to fight about it i feel like age of quarrel is white man eye against eye that's how i feel about it so like uh it's it's good i listened to it today there's a lot to be said for it but never did shit for me so real quick because i want to get your tom i don't think despite the fact that we've talked about the carmax a handful of times i've never gotten your kind of like personal experience to them like background I always made the assumption that the the Cro-Mags wave that happened in the late 90s 
was a large part was in large part due to like the floor punch guys and the internet and they would come on and talk about it and talk about how great the chrome eggs were talk about the shows and they had a pretty big influence on a lot of the younger straight edge kids and that made this huge kind of wave and i still believe that but i also think it's true when when patrick says this thing like oh you know these guys you know Last week you were just listening to Hatebreed. Now you're listening to Chromags. I actually think Hatebreed was a gateway band to stuff like the Chromags from bands yeah. of the '90s, and that might be underrated. Like Satisfaction, basically from Jump being referred to as like, "Yo, this is the age of the quar- age of quarrel for the '90s. This is yeah. this is it. This is like." And it was hard record. They would reference the Chromag sometimes to my shirts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And and so the kid who liked Snapcase, but then was like, oh, shit, this Hatebreed record is crazy. And they were amazing live. And then you go, what are they about? And it's Chromags. You go, oh, maybe I should. Oh, wow. And so so you're not wrong in that way, Pat. Um, but I also have never thought about it. And so maybe we need to give Hatebreed a little credit for opening the door to uh, to that Chromags wave that that I think we'll talk about more, um, for better or worse. Oh uh, well, I mean, I think Chroma. Uh, pardon me. I think Hatebreed deserves credit, uh, positive, negative, however you want to look at it, for getting kids, yes, into uh, New York hardcore and also into obituary. And you basically, if you liked Hatebreed, you could kind of choose your path at that point. And, and for many, so, and for some, it was both. You know, so yeah, that's true. Um, Tom, yes. go in on your Chromax. Like, <clears throat> so from like, I'll get to mine. But were they super early for you? Were they a little later? Did you get into the classic stuff? Did you hear the the contemporary stuff? What, where was it at? They were um, probably midpoint for me. Okay, because yo, because like Age of Coral and Best yeah. Wishes weren't easy to get. Right, right. So like, I I saw them as a kid, not really totally knowing what I was seeing. Um, they played like a Lamore show, uh, like the last Lamore show that wasn't the last Lamore show. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, like they were historic and I had like cassettes of them, like from sure. people that own the records that another planet reissue was big for me. Yep. You know, I mean, I'm like 18 at that point, like or 19. Yeah, you're still a kid. I'm still a kid. It's not like, and I'm like, and then I found out about them in 2017 and they just blew my mind. Um, <laughs> but getting, you know, it's fucking Age of Quarrel on one side. Best wish. I mean, I side B is probably pristine of my cassette because I didn't get to best wishes that often because I didn't <laughs> need to. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, just hearing that and being like, holy fuck, like this. Um, it, 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 it's so legitimate, like and like the stuff that they're talking about and just like like hearing Street Justice. I was like. Jesus Christ, like this is yeah. like motherfucker. Like, oh my God. You know, like to me, to this day, like, and this is like blasphemy. I don't like seekers of the truth. Right. You're <laughs> you you think it throws off the flow, right? Yeah. Cause everything else is just like fuck. Like, I just want to fucking like maraud down Avenue C. And like this is just like it's cool, but I think it's a best wishes song. Well, and it is you, it is definitely a best wishes appropriate like song. in terms That's of tempo effect. and stuff. It, it's and a dope it, song. It, it supports Patrick's uh, eye against eye for white boys. Um, 
Although yeah. I'd like to point out that the that Age of Coral came out two months before I against I. Whatever. That's true. No <laughs> well, yep. yeah. Looked it up, looked it up. Um <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think though that was big to kind of bring them back. Um, as a kid, just because you know, like imagine like I'm like fucking 18 or 19, whatever. Yep. And like we're going to shows. It's like I went to a benefit show because John Joseph was arrested for going AWOL. And and I'm like turned in by goes, his bandmate. Yes, correct. <laughs> It's allegedly like, man, no it's pretty clear like like you know and i'm like i'm at a show and like it's like you know i'm waiting for like murphy's law to play and like some dude gets up there and like reads a letter like from jj from like the stockade or whatever the from fuck the you, you know like yeah. from the brig yeah. like dudes like doing t- you know and like it, it was just kind of like wait you know like like i had loved you know sick of it all from the get-go and my yeah. but they all seemed like these dudes are like relatively normal. Yeah. Like this is fine. Like, you know, like <laughs> they you seem go like the Cro-Mags and it's like, wait, here's this legend that precedes them. Right. Like it's from the get go, like from the minute they hit my fucking radar, it, like, like sick of it all would be like, you can't get the alleyway crew dragon or you're going to get beat up. Yeah. That, that was the rumor forever. Like, so yes. I knew people that would get him like on their like upper thigh, like where no one would see it. <laughs> because they love the band but they're like yeah it was like a crew tattoo and you're gonna get fucked up if you get seen wearing it now it's like the most fuck you know now it's everywhere yeah but the chromex from the get-go it's like you know you, you hear it as a kid you're like wake up with a bump on my head like you know all this shit and you're like mm-hmm. this is the fucking craziest thing i've ever heard because i never really heard anything like that that was in in hardcore like i've heard the street stuff in like rap at that point as a kid but like hearing like hardcore, like this is like this predated like Madball. Well, not really, but like, you know, in terms of like Madball being huge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're kind of like, what the fuck? Like, and you go to this benefit show. And it's like this dude's in jail because it's like his bandmate like turned him in. And like then there were stories about like so and so and so and so like squaring up on Avenue A about this and like Mackie fucking this dude up and all. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is like there was never a never. A, a period without like a Chromex story. Like, then they yo, do these like yeah. reunions. Yes. Like without fucking like without to me, the band is. I mean, and if if we're fucking being honest, the band is Mackie and Harley. Yes. Yes. Sound wise. Yep. You know, like you know, if you put that that you know, like the the AJ JJ Craig ahead different drummer band out there, it ain't the same, man. You, you need Mackie in that band to me, you know, and like, even though he wasn't in it very long, those songs are not the same played without Mackie. Like no, Mackie doesn't no, play no. those songs the same way twice. So well, yeah, he, he, he's a wild dude. He's incredible. Like if you watch, yeah. like I watch those video, like those like drum videos with just him, like the beginning of we got to know he does. He hits the fucking he hits it right on time. But those fills are different every fucking time. Yeah, everybody tells me he's a like he's a guy who likes to keep himself entertained. Well, it's it's so so Mackie Harley, uh, Doug Holland, Paris could all be cited as virtuosos. Mackie and Harley on the top of that as being dudes who, in their world of music, like they're apex predators. You know what I mean? Like, their style was like. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, but I mean, and that's the thing why it like came through because it's like Harley was taking Daryl Jennifer mm-hmm. and Lemmy like fucking the strumming, mm-hmm. 
Mackie was like taking Earl Hudson and like jazz shit. Yep. That he got probably through Earl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Mackie's and, an OG and, dude was in a fucking band like, you know, frontline in what, like 1981 yep. or something? Like he yep. was, you know. He was there. And and then, yo, let's give John Joseph his flowers. That dude, as a frontman, learned learned from HR, saw all that early wave shit, was there from the jump, and was able to do that and match the intensity and skill level with which the players in his bands bring. Yeah. And yo, both of you guys can bring this. You don't want to be the weak link. And you look around in that practice room and go, oh, shit. I got to not just be on my A game. I got to bring it. And credit to JJ. He fucking brought it. And there's Couldn't a reason. imagine seeing that band oh, in like 1986. The 86 and, and thinking- show is supposed to be amazing. Age of Coral, because they have Youth of Today play. They have all these bands play. And it's like, it just, everybody who you think of as New York hardcore gods is there and they're there to see Mosh. the chromax. Right. I, you can't, you, I mean, like, I couldn't imagine seeing them then and being like, oh, this band's going to be the fucking biggest thing in the world. Right. Right. Like, there's no way you could tell me differently. Like, when they were hitting on all, you know. And so, like, so that's, you, you got them, and, and your story is not too, you're, you're on the other side of, from me, where the, another planet reissues were out before I got into hardcore, but those, like, those are like, big, man. Those were essential to everyone from the shore in my age range discovering hardcore. And like the they were the Calgon in the in the mail. Like everyone they were sent to everybody's house in Bricktown. <laughs> like so so Age of Coral was immediately important to me. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Um, you'd hear the legends, you'd hear the stories, they preceded the band. They were both in old fanzines, they were things that people talked about. And like, there is a reason that bo- both John Joseph and Harley Flanagan wrote books, you know, and, and, you yeah. know, small press, whatever we want to talk about it, whatever we want to say, but like, those were things that were discussed all the time, like oral history style. Like that was the like myth making of hardcore was you hear these stories told. Yeah. They threw a cinder block through the front Lucia of the band. Yeah, right. Fights <laughs> the, yeah, fights in the basement at City Gardens and the bathrooms and all this crazy it's the CB shows, all these stories, the stories from the Lower East Side before, during and, you know, surrounding the band. They they seem larger than life, so you know, that then leads into this huge wave of love for them in the late 90s. It was polarizing, right, Patrick? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, like, like, look, I'm not trying to shit on anybody here. Uh, this was all a long time ago and people's musical taste develop and also kids will be kids. But like, it was uh, uh, definitely kind of, uh, I'm in, them and Burn became in Albany kind of a weird, uh, I, I, re- I really know how to work LimeWire. Lime <laughs> you know I mean, like I really, I really know how to work uh, soul seek. Uh, I'm, I spend my time uh, trying to be cool. Uh, and look, those are, uh, you know, we talk about burn in, in uh, hollowed terms and we talk about Chromags with the exception of me uh, in the same way. So, and these are big bands obviously in hardcore history, but kind of at that point, no. <laughs> you know I mean? So like they were experiencing like little pockets of revival and uh, all they happen to be one of those places. 
uh, divisive for me just because I wasn't really game, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I would like to expand on what we're talking about with, uh, kind of what their DNA. Yeah. Uh, I, I just watched a bunch of videos. Um, I've watched the, a couple of Lamore's performances from like, uh, there's one from like 86. That's really good. And, uh, I'm going to perform better tonight because I watched that video because John, who has a style that I don't necessarily gravitate to, uh, who is doing a you thing very different. Small Adidas, like soccer shorts. <laughs> yeah, maybe nothing but, else. But he's, he's doing a thing that's different than what I would do. But he is truly exceptional at it. I now again, he's doing HR's delivery. I don't care what anybody says. But and he's dancing. And yes. he's but he, yes. but he is being physical the entire time. I, one of those sets is fifty minutes long, yo, and he is kinetic. He was a seal. Yes, yo, there's a reason is, the dude's doing Iron Man's now. And like not blinking, like dude is dude was doing the pre work then, and I think he'd be the first to admit he wasn't on his health shit the way he is now back then. His yeah, one hundred percent. His stamina is unreal, and here's the part of it that I think is really fascinating, and I would love to know. I didn't read Confessions of a Cromag or any of that stuff, <clears throat> so maybe you guys have and could tell me. Um, the dynamic is. Up front, you've got JJ and you've got Harley. Yes. And Doug and Paris are often in darkness and really not moving. Doug, Doug more than, than Paris. Paris doesn't move. No. He's no, not no. a dynamic stage performer. He's no. not interested in Great that. Great guitar player. He, no, that's he's, not yeah, his he's hitting the note. He's hitting the note. Doug's moving a little bit more than that. But, the, uh, but it is truly... JJ and Harley show. That's who's doing the show. And, yeah, and by the time they were to get like doing stuff, like Mackie was gone. That's right. right. Like Pete Hines and, is in like the fucking, we got a no video. That's right. And it's yep. dueling banjos of energy and ego. Ego. Yeah. With Harley ego. and JJ. And yo, it's palpable. You can feel it when what you it see is. them perform. It's been a long time since I saw them. I think last time I saw JJ, Chromags was like 2009, 10, 8, something wow. like that at Santos. Um, no, I saw him at a This Is Hardcore, but it wasn't the same. I feel like you got to see him in New York if I'm being. Did they not play the shore? Uh, they did. I wasn't there. Um, oh, shit. Okay. I, just, I was out in PA at that point. Um, but I didn't make it to the show. I had a child, so it's all right. Um, that would do it. Yeah, that yeah. would be fair. Um, but like I saw, I remember seeing the first time I see the Harley Chromags. He's playing bass and singing, and then there'd be songs where he'd take the bass off and just sing. And, yo, he was just as powerful with a bass as he was with just a microphone. And then you see John Joseph, same deal. Then you see them together, and you realize it's amplified because they're both competing for that. And I'm not saying in some (coughs) dickhead way, but maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. It's just that they both realize, yo, I'm going for it. I, I am putting on the best show of my life, and I think there was an element where those two pushed each other, um, whether oh, it was spoken sure. or unspoken. Anyone who's watched a single video of them when they're p- playing at their peak can see there's an energy between those two that's undeniable. Uh, 
it it's awesome is what it is uh i again i'm not a fan <laughs> and i was watching you told me what the what the topic was today i was like i'll fucking listen to the record by the way tom i did because <clears throat> take home test patty needed needed to prep yeah so so i was like all right i'll i'll listen to age of quarrel and best wishes at least uh and i'll watch a couple videos and yeah i mean i like i said i like best wishes better uh, you know, I appreciate Age of Quarrel more today than at any point in my life. Still, don't give a shit. We're breaking really. them. We're breaking them. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Twenty twenty five. We're sending you the Age of Quarrel shirt, and you'll you'll fit comfortably into it. When I've got to when I've got to be analytical about something, I can go. Okay, yeah. I mean, listen, this is pretty impressive. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. so I can do that. But but here's the thing, I uh, really loved the live videos. And they're in their element in Lemoore's in 87, particularly where it's such a scumbag show and they're fucking running the scumbags. They are like, it's yeah. like it is scumbag heaven and people are going nuts. JJ is fucking insane. Harley is fucking Harley looks insane because in the 86 video from Lemoore's, he's the both men are shirtless, both physical specimens. Uh, they look crazy for sure. It would have been impressive. But then uh, in the 87 video, Harley is wearing like. Like a boa? Like, no, a vest. Huh. Like he's wearing like a, like a, it looks like a, like I'm a, uh, like I'm a vet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. like I'm a, like I'm a homeless vet vest. And, uh, and look, they were just fucking too much. Like just impressive. and. The, the length of the show, well, firstly, JJ needs cue cards for between songs. That's, that's he was never a talker. Yeah. No, just as respectfully as I can say this. But, and uh, you know what? Harley is like the ad lib guy from a rap fucking song. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it'll just How be. How we doing John, out there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like John will be yeah, like. Buddy. Yeah. yeah. John will be Not like. tired yet. Right, right, right. Oh, wow. John will be like, hey, so, um, uh, everybody's good, right? Okay, well, this song is about uh, the guys that are keeping us down out there. You hear me? And then, and then Harley just ad libs shit, and I'll be like, be like, the scumbags, and like, yeah, <laughs> watching this stuff, and like, so it's it's just a good time, despite they're like, you know, like maybe not being the best banter band of all time, but the uh, nobody wants physically, it. no, exactly. In 1986, it, no one was going for the banter. No, and why would that's you a 90s when you're, thing? Also, why would you when you're fucking you're a, you're a beast, you're a menacing tiger on the fucking stage. Just you don't got to sell me on any cute shit. You know what I mean? Just do you. So Fact. I, I I truly loved it uh, watching it. And I think that I've said it before. I'll say it again. I look if you fuck somebody financially, if you try to keep, take money out of their fucking pocket, uh, you know, I, it, it's it's hard to come back because it's it feels and i've said this before in america where things like health insurance are on you uh it really can feel like somebody's trying to kill you if they try to take away your money that's how it feels and i get it if that's how these men see each other hard to reconcile uh, but you know they they need each other <laughs> <laughs> like it's just crazy. Like yo. watching each watching them, I'm like, yo, this is this is an actual tragedy. Yo, it's so, in the same room. So so you go forward. We're, we're, 
There's other places to go for history, and this is not supposed to be a history version of this show. No, no, no. It's they, our own they, personal. Yeah, exactly. And they move into a more metal direction. At some point, we should talk about the influence that like the big thrash metal success had on hardcore crossover being a wave yeah. of that. Um, all that stuff. The Chromags have some weird breaks that, again, you can get that information somewhere better than here. And they just never become the biggest band that 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 everybody in New York, at least for a hot couple of years, thought like, yo, what, what, why isn't this band? Yeah. And they like, had opportunities. Sure. They were playing, you know, like they played like the Beacon Theater. Like they went on tour with fucking Motorhead. They were like, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like, no, they had, some- they almost made it. No, and it just it, it you know there's a series of events that come together and it just the doors don't open. They might be standing outside, but it just doesn't open. Uh, and the last was, few records were just well, bombing. well, right. Cosign strongly, Patrick. I don't know if where you stand on any of the later era chromatics. This dude's going to be a near death experience guy. I can fucking yeah, feel are we it. Here, are you feeling the well? Actually, no. Where are you, are you at anywhere on Alpha Omega near death experience? No, I don't care about. Uh, yeah, I, guess, uh, I don't even know how familiar I am with near death, to be honest. Um, no, l- let me be really honest. That comes shortly after. So we talked about this late 90s, early 2000s waves, early aughts wave on the Chromags. That subsists for a few years, fades a bit because, uh, you know, cheat, cheat code to reunions. They played a bunch. Yeah. JJ does Age of Quarrel. Harley comes yeah. out with the revenge record. Chromax do a tour or two. Um, yeah. Then Harley was also War, White White Devil, White Samsara. Devil. Right. So they have you know, and and what was John's band? Both worlds. Both, both worlds. Right. But the late nineties, early two thousands. There's this gurgling re- renaissance of classic Chromax. It, it it culminates in Harley and JJ getting back together. I think it's two thousand two. Play a bunch of shows. Wasn't that Oo? No, it's 2002. Age of what Quarrel, was the day they no, did the two shows? That's like 01 or 02, where they do. I, was, they do, I think I, it's, a, I, it think it's a, I, I think it's 01 based no, on the video right. that I watched. You're right. It's 2001. One burn, night American do, Nightmare. Yeah, one night is American Nightmare. The next night's Burn. And it was like a Monday, Tuesday or some shit. It was weird yeah. days. Um, Memorial Day. That's right. That's right. Amazing shows. Um, they play Posse Numbers. They play Hellfest. I think Hellfest got a little nasty. Yes, <laughs> saw that happening. It, right. Do you want to tell that story? Is it out of school? No, no. I mean, I was standing in the crowd because I was like, yeah. I can't believe I'm playing with the fucking Chromags. Yeah. To be quite honest with you, like MPB did a bunch of stuff with them with yeah. the Harley JJ Chromags. Yeah. And it was cool as fuck. It was awesome. You know, like it was like the drummer was was uh, uh, Gary Sullivan, G Man yeah. from like the B 52s. That's so mm. cool. He was like a mate. Like it was fun. It was fucking cool. Like those dudes were nuts. But I was like, yo, I'm on fucking. I'm doing a weekend with the Chromex. Like, what the fuck is my life? Like, you know. And we, you know, it, it was so. It was it was Hellfest 2002. It was you uh, yes, you're right. Thanks. Hate breeds headlining like right after Perseverance comes out. So like they're like it's like the fact that they're headlining a hardcore fest is like what the fuck. So it was like Hate Breed, Lamb of God, 18 Visions, Throwdown. Chromags, MPB, like back to and Marauder, like all in a row. And like, um, uh, you know, a, as Pat had alluded to, you know, Harley was like, the like, yeah. And he was like, what do you all use straight edge pussies? 
too tired from drinking all your diet Pepsi. You didn't have enough diet Pepsi today or something. Yeah. Like, like right. making some straight edge like stuff. And I was like, oh boy. And I was like, oh, that's disappointing. You know, it's been a long weekend, but you guys are killing. They were great. They were fucking awesome. Yeah. And I guess um, some larger straight edge fellas from the middle of the country were yeah. like, yo, let me talk to you for a second. Together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty fair fight. It wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they were kind of like, let's chat because they were not like uh, worried about squaring up, you know, especially this one dude who Pat definitely knows. It was like a cage fighter when it was like cage fighting was like you could like lose your fucking eye, your um, eyeball. Yeah, yeah. The fact. Um, yeah, it was all Kumite shit. Um, they like stepped to him and like JJ would be like, you know, "Hey man, like let's not get into it. Like it's it's just him being an idiot. Like don't worry about it." But like there was almost like a full on like Midwestern straight edge crew against the Cro-Mags. Yeah, what's interesting. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. It's interesting. Do you think that, this is a quick aside, do you think being um kind of physically fit like you know the mike tyson uh phenomenon that dudes want to fight mike tyson you know how crazy that is to like yeah, want to step yeah. to mike tyson it's like an yep. insane insane thing yep but paul bearer could say that exact same thing to a crowd of straight edge dudes and they wouldn't step to paul bearer not because this paul bearer is scarier hardly scarier than paul bearer in my view though yep. neither man is really in, in my purview of fighting but like the uh but I don't think Paul Bearer would get the same stick. What do you think? Well, he's got a different vibe. That's exactly He's a right. fucking insult he's comic. Funny. He's a funny he's Don guy. Rickles. Yeah, that's yeah, that's God, why if Jimmy Gestapo made, said that, everyone would laugh. And why hasn't someone yeah, made the Paul Bearer hardcore the insult comic? Uh, little like I mean, that's his puppet. deal. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's really good. Um, no, I told you my story. Yeah. Yes, you did. I don't know if I told it on here. It's the greatest fucking story ever. And it, it lives on vinyl, but the vinyl's like 200 bucks. Oh, really? I, 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 no, I've heard the story, but I now I want the vinyl. Well, so yeah, someone put out a, a 12-inch of just banter, Paul Bearer banter. And we're on it. He owns a few of those. Who does? I hope Paul Bearer owns a few of them. I hope so because it's worth a lot of money now. But I'm That's like, what I'm saying. Have yeah, um, yeah. I feel yeah. like you're with your appearance on there. You should have gotten a comp copy. You know what I mean? Yeah, what's up? Right. I got I got called an an F slur in front of 600 people, and they all turned <laughs> and looked at me. And I had to be like, eh, what am I gonna do? What's you gonna do? But 22 year old Tom is not stepping to Paul Bearer. And Harley's energy a little different. It comes with a snarl, less of a smirk. Yeah, that's all. And uh, so, I'm pretty sure that iteration ground to a halt shortly thereafter. To memory, it didn't mean people uh, stopped liking the Chromags. It no. was a little while, but like th- there was a, a lull. Oh, can I talk? You know what? Please go ahead. 
I'm sorry, because this came up some on, on another um, Instagram. And someone asked me to talk about this. Please. So I'm sorry. So this totally dovetails into it. So one of the big shows that we got to play with the, that Chromex lineup, which I think I want to say Doug Holland was in it, but they don't quote me. No, yeah. it was Rocky George. Yes. Rocky was in that. Lineup. It was Rocky George, G man, Harley, JJ, pretty fucking great lineup. Yeah. Um, we do, we played the WWF cafe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember the in, show. in Times Square, which is now like a hard rock, but like they had, you know, like, like I, like, you know, I got there, like I ate my like lunch in like a wrestling ring. Yep. Like before the show or whatever. Cool. And like the room itself was probably, I mean, it was at the time. So this is like 2002, like one of the biggest New York hardcore shows that they had in years. No questions. I, I, I've told the story kids. about how I was, I was the bathroom attendant there for anybody curious about my Where are you? you were the I, I w- not at that show, but I was the bathroom attendant at the WWE cafe. So you were handing out like like mints, mints. Yep, that's me. How so? Wh- if you had a guess, because I always hate going into a bathroom with a bathroom attendant. Mm-hmm. What's your what was your tip ratio? Uh, it's fascinating. Like it's one out of ten. No, it, listen, it's fascinating, and I can't get into it without uh, potentially upsetting some of our listeners. <laughs> so I, th- I think we should just push it, push, keep pushing. You know right, well, I mean? well, um, so Tom, we're we're saving that for the Patreon. All right, got it. Um, Understood. So WWE Cafe Show. Yeah. So it was it was um, most precious blood, blood for blood. Sick of it all. Chromex headlining. Yeah. And it was it's like sixteen or seven hundred people. No big deal. Yeah. Nuts. Like from the get go. Like the like we we were the opening band, and there was fucking 1700 like it was like from the minute the show started it was it was like sold out out the window like out the door nuts but i mean not to tell tales out of school sick of it all smoked them mm. and half the crowd left oh that well the second part that's weird the first part is not weird to me simply because sick of it sick all, of it all is they're, well, they're so fucking seasoned they're like it's it, i don't even know what to compare it to in terms of seasoning it's ethiopian food they they are so fucking seasoned. You know what? They're hard I'm gonna, to... I'm gonna I'm gonna cape here in a certain way. If you put Chromags and sick of it all on the stage at CB's, I have one answer. Yeah. Yep. But you okay. put Chromags and sick of it all on a bigger stage. Oh, uh, festival stage. Really there's no. Th- there's th- nobody's right. beating sick of it all. Nobody. Hey Pat, I found the Paul Bearer record. Do you want a copy? <laughs> yeah, how, how much it cost? It's actually tw- um, for sale for twenty eight dollars. Oh, okay. And it's it, it's it literally says Paul Bear, and the the title of the record is No Really Go Fuck Yourself. <laughs> I'll buy um, it for Eric. I'll buy it for Eric for his birthday. Um, <laughs> track one, go fuck yourselves. Track two, well here we are in France. Track three, good <laughs> to see you. Track four, so what's the matter? Track five, we we played the whiskey. Track six, is this a fucking morgue? Track seven, your mother has no T word. God, yeah. track track one of side B, God bless you. Track two, get your money's worth. Track three, the true champion. Track four, life ain't easy. Track five, bad things happen to bad people. Track six, Saturday night fever. Track seven, the funniest thing. I think I, this has to be it. Which and one? I need to- 
I'm familiar with that get your money's worth part because Eric listens to it all the time. I mean, some of the, you know, I don't know if this includes the like, eh, I'll give you squatters rights. I That must be on there. Like, cause, yeah, I think yeah, it's right. got to be on there. In between song yeah. and fucking banter ever. We might need to send a wellness check to anyone who's listening to this quote all the time. But well, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. just, Eric, listen, Eric listens to it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We, wellness check to, to Hollywood. Um, long story short, that wave goes. There becomes a wave who becomes infatuated with the later era, the Alpha and Omega era, totally confounds me, but it, it came around. JJ gets the band back together. It brings us to this current thing where JJ and Harley have been feuding for years and years and years and years, a decade plus of like farcical, hard to watch, yeah. car crash internet behavior. <clears throat> That and brings us who's to a the heel, club. who's a face. Yeah. Yep. And then they flip. And they yep. flip and and they've there's been some back and forth. And right now, um JJ's really kind of leaned in on his stuff during the COVID wave. Harley has gone a different direction where he's just kumbaya. Which is amazing. It, yeah. Never saw that coming. But Tom. I now approach you outside a show in 2021, 21 year, not 2020. Cause ain't nobody outside shows in 2020. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're a little wizened. Our hair's a lot lighter uh, and thinner. Though our waistlines aren't <laughs> neither. I was and always trying to hit school. Right. Yeah. And, and I say, Hey, do you love the Chromax? And it's a lot harder. There's no. I, I had a conversation with a good friend about simple answers, and sometimes it's better to get to the simple answer and then work back and expand on the difficulties. Yeah. And some, as opposed to the opposite, which is, hey, go through the difficulties to get to the complex answer. The simple answer is, eh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Lukewarm. But Patrick, li- but Patrick likes them more yeah. every day. Uh, new- yeah, we, we, <laughs> see, we see our buddy, uh, we see uh, Patty kind of swaggering down the street in his New Balance jumpsuit now. Right. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he's definitely wearing overalls now. One, <laughs> only one thing, one, one strap. Uh, strap. Yeah. No shirt underneath. He's got a, a Mario style, Super Mario style hat that has a big DC drug church on it, neon lights blinking. Um, and says, "Hey, boys, what's up?" As he as as he does, um, and Patrick, I will ask you because we know your answer. Do you love the Chromax? And the answer is no, no. How do longtime Chromax fans come to terms with the internet personas of these band members? Uh, Theoretically, I'm, like chipping away at the ability to appreciate their art. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm say, gonna make. No. Go on, Tom. I mean, you could say they were always like this, but now they have a place where you can read it on a daily basis, five and six times a day. That's not wrong. Also, That's by the way, way just it. as a total aside, this Chromags.everyday that you sent us. Yes. If you go to the Thanksgiving post, have you have you seen this? So it's JJ with some guy, and he's putting like pieces of tofu up to the guy's like temples like he's like doing like a shock treatment yes and if you go down the last comment is harley flanagan and it just says looking pretty rough bro lol fuck 
Children. <laughs> children. Looking pretty rough, bro. Oh, LOL. Holy shit. These men are almost 60. Yeah. <laughs> that, dude, I almost hey, shit. Who imagine. liked it? Who liked it? Someone liked Oh, just some random. I was hoping it was like Paris. Man. This is uh, uh, Pacquiao Mayweather, where they can't fight because one of them can't afford to lose. Is that basically the deal? Because I'm going to say this. Whenever somebody has been up my ass about something for long enough, I just say, hey, if you'd like to fight, we can. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't, the stakes are not the same for me, obviously. So like, what do you think it is that these two grown men have to taunt each other? They know how to fight. Both of them know how to fight. So like, why can't they ever just get to it? I, cause I would either like, dude, fight or fuck, just get it over with. That's what I'm saying. I would snap (laughs) if, if, if Harley, and this is not an invite Harley, if Harley was in my fucking uh, mentions all the time being like, what's up, bro. I would eventually snap and say, Harley, what do you want? You want to do this and go die on a street corner via Harley just to get it over with. Because well, I Paris like actually you. chimed in on this too and wrote, yes. "Sir, how do you plan to pay for that?" <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Holy shit! Yo, oh, this is amazing. Yo, that is funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they like, like you know what, like you know, ask you know, go to fucking to to our boy Gavin. Go like, hey man, can we like, can you like shut the gym down after hours? You know, you can be the fucking no moderator. Cameras. No, cameras. no cameras. Just like, can we just beat the shit out of each other? Like, you can step in like when someone's gonna die, and just get over with. Like, because it, they're like they're like the worst ex partners ever. Yes. Oh, oh, like this is like you break up with a boy or a girl, oh, yeah. and you're still like being like talking about them fucking ten years later in like yeah, disparaging terms. Yeah. Right. Like right. you dated people in the meantime. Like, what are we doing? No, right. Like, so, so there's the thing where, you know, if you are in a long-term relationship and you break up, like, yo, you know what? I get it. I get it. If you, you still got some weird feelings one way or the other, I, I understand. And there's a certain window where it's like, Hey, you're still bothered. You're still actively like in that, in your feelings about it, totally fine. And yo, you could be in your feelings infinity and that's fine. But when you're bringing that conversation up and it's like the only thing you can talk about, that's where all of a sudden you go, like, maybe a friend needs to have an intervention. Be like, yo, I know you're still hung up on this whole thing or you're still mad or you, you this, this still, this, they're still rent free in your head. But you can't only talk about that. We can't go to dinner. We can't go to brunch. And that's the first thing you, you mentioned, you know? No, it's, it's like Rod Wave says, uh, got in my bag, got out my feelings. You know what I mean? Do that, everybody. Yeah, um, I just don't know that, like, Harley always seemed open to kind of being like, yeah, we can talk fucking turkey, buddy. Let's just oh. get in the room and chat. Like, let's have it out. I don't know if what's been going on in the last two years, like, how much that name is worth anymore. Yeah, listen, I, I think I think they can do Europe. I think here's the problem. Sure. If, if this was anybody... If this was anybody else, they could take a couple years and chill, just stay off the internet and come back with a, a nice little fucking bump. But well, the problem is... My, yeah, go ahead. JJ can't stay off the fucking internet. He can't stay off the internet. But these are also... My point is, these are older gentlemen. And you do start to lose a step, even if you're an athlete, over a certain amount of time. And w- what condition do you want to be playing in? Because 
even if they could get something together for a check or for love of playing music that supposedly meant a lot to them, <clears throat> they, uh, how much longer you got on this? Right. It, I think they're both animals and they, they'd be able to do this when they were fucking 70. Right. I mean, yes, but I don't want to look at That's right. Yep. <laughs> um, yo, here's my thing. They both let's let's strip it down. You're right. I think they could go play Europe. I think they could play if they did the last oh, people have seen age, right, the last age of quarrel. Yep. Tom, if they said they're doing the last age of quarrel show, it's at a good venue in New York City. You and me are at least going, man, should I go? We might be feeling salty and like, ugh, God, they're so annoying. It's been so annoying for so long. But, but if, if they, they told me the it was thing, this is it. And it was Mackie. Yep. It's Mackie. Like it's JJ, Paris. It's Harris. It's, it's Harley. Doug Holland. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, listen, if they did like a, if they did a, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I think everybody would go. If they right. said, if they called it full Kaliaga, got <laughs> four bands that everybody likes. Yep. It's not, great. not, not old guy shit, but enough old guy shit that it's like, that it's still a draw, blah, blah, blah. And you had as much of the original lineup as you could. Yep. Then, and you just say, this listen, everybody, we don't love each other, but this is going to be all love. Uh, come have a good time. It's a blowout. We're retiring after this from even talking about the Chrome eggs. You'll just be able to buy the fucking shirts. Yep. Everybody would go. And, like, well, and, here's for good, my question. and for good reason. Here's my question. How many people under 30 go? How many people <clears throat> under 30 care? How many people under 30 see them? as more than a meme because yo it's they, they've can, fucking you know ruined I mean? it man that's that's my question i was 18 and if you asked me i would have been like yeah chrome eggs are one of my favorite bands yeah you, listen, listen you got kids in 86 you know what i mean you yeah. got kid, you got kids pivoting to third tier shit now just yeah. to be into something besides this so yeah i mean dude, they've done such a, the the pandemic has done such a number on Elder statesperson, New York hardcore. Oh yeah, that like I, I I think this is like the tipping point when it gets to be, it starts getting like factored out of history. Well, I, it, you know what? Can we please make that a topic? Yeah, let, I mean, let, somebody let's write give that, that its down. own air. Okay, yeah, I, will. I would um, love to. I I will say this too. There was a time where, and it was twenty years ago. Where John Joseph saying shit about, yo, eat eat healthy, don't believe the government, etc. Yeah, it's all good. Resonated and was like, a, all right, yo, this dude's a complete maniac, uh, to use the nicest term I can possibly muster right there. But I'm gonna think about that a little bit. The the vibe of what what's going on now. I think you ask him, he's like. One to one. This is no different than than the shit I was saying twenty years ago. A hundred percent. That would be his take. Hundred. I don't have any doubt, and I don't even know the man, but he would say, "Hey, this is no different than anything I've ever said." You I'm, know what I'm I mean? Consistent and, on this from yep. jump. This is it. Tom, do you feel like there's a difference between the conversation that he was having in 2000, 2001, and the conversation that's being had and he's having now in two thousand twenty one? Absolutely. Yes, I do too. It's taken a it, it, it's it, it, he's one of those folks that are like 
Yeah, I don't believe in politics, but the goddamn Democrats, like, it's like, yo, (laughs) you're like, he like spouts right wing talking. I, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with that. I don't, uh, so you look at his his Instagram, he's reposting, he's reposting like democratic city memes. No, listen, I, I, I get it, but here's the problem is that he, I suffer from this too. Like a a mutual, a, a friend of Tom's who is now a friend of mine. The other day was like, I don't think you're all right, man. And I said, thank you. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, here's like, the thing. Very obviously, I'm not. However, the, here's the thing. You believe yourself to be outside of the political axis. You believe that other people will understand that. So you can criticize Democrats without the implication. However, and this is in defense of you guys saying that he's coming off right wing, is other people don't pick that up. Other people don't see you like that. That's Other people right. don't know your don't know your life. You know so I mean? when your criticism is only levied that way, it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard look. And I get it. Yeah. You know, it's a hard look. The other side is that is how he's portrayed. And it's something it's a larger conversation that's not one for today, but I think it's something people can understand. You're right. People who picture themselves outside of the a binary political conversation who let's let's admit something the right wing leaning memes are typically funnier than some of the liberal memes i don't you know are oh, they of course memes? oh yeah let's be real Come on. yes they're 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 nastier and they're more ignorant and sometimes that means they're funnier but also by reposting them, you're not sh- showing, hey, I'm outside this conversation. You're paralleling and parroting even that side of the conversation. And so all of a sudden it's like, look, you can say you're not a duck. But if, you keep, if you keep <laughs> quacking and w- w- shaking that ass, you look like a duck, bro. You know, so. Right. I agree. Like, when your talking point to defend a hardcore show it was like, but I mean, like people went out for Black Lives Matter. Like you're not fucking doing yourself any fucking favors and not really being apolitical. I did he get like deleted from Instagram? I don't think so. I mean, I can't, as what's of, his as name? Of JJ Cromag. As of like five days ago, when somebody sent me down a really discouraging. Oh wow, did he delete his his Instagram? That might be a positive step forward. We can end the podcast by being like, yo. This is a step forward. <laughs> we have <laughs> we have very breaking news. news. Wins, yeah. Let me look. Somebody sent me this. Shout out, uh, Jay, um, uh, Jay Anthony. Um, no, not Jay Anthony. Who sent it to me? Somebody Jay. No, 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 no. Jay Force One. No, not Jay Force. Well, <laughs> fellas, I don't want to cut us too short here, but <laughs> I'm, it's getting towards doors over here. I got, I got to go attend to some stuff. Uh, we just have to end it with Josh whether Josh. or not he exists on the internet. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Here we go. I'm looking. Um, it looks like uh oh no, John Joseph Cromag. That's what it is. He's there. Um God he, damn don't it. worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. He's still he's still post. The other Thank problem God. is in the same way as we off the dome started going through these legends of the Cromags that existed in myths. Yo, those were things you you hear and feel. Yo, we now have a timeline to look at and go, oh, oh. Uh, we don't oh, really need it that much. Although, and it's no good. It's a fine, it's a fine line though of 
hey, some of this stuff would be lost entirely uh, versus we don't need more of this. Uh, and I think that that's like a really hard thing to judge because there's there's Instagram accounts that I follow about like old skinhead shit, stuff like that, stuff I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And I learn a lot and I think it's fascinating stuff. And that would be completely lost on me. I wouldn't get the whisper. Like I'm not, I'm in plenty of hardcore fucking, did you hear about this fucking chats? I'm not in any, Hey, did you know about this skinhead material from Maryland chats? <laughs> so like, Let I me know if you want I, to be short, the shore is all over some of those accounts. So, Oh shit. <laughs> so, but that's like, you know, so, there, but there's a fine line, but, but there's no denying even for like the youngest listener that we have, the Chrome are probably overexposed. And I want to shout out JJ because I'm looking at his account and like it goes from one one post. I'm like, this is stupid and shitty to the next being like, oh, we fed hundreds of needy people at the park. And this is a dude who's advocated for homeless rights for 35 years. Yep. And 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 some of his vegan recipes look bomb as fuck. He's posting this this tofu that looks really good. So I'm sure he kills it. Yeah. but all right, fellas, it's all right if I abdicate on you because uh, I uh, got to go attend to actual show shit right now. Uh, did we talk enough Chromex? Do we you, feel like what we do you do before a show? You don't do anything. <laughs> no, but why are you acting like uh, you got someone to rush to? Like you're not selling merch. No, I'm not selling merch. You're not, not interacting with like the people that like your band. Tom, you are like my girlfriend in the respect that you <laughs> make me say the thing where I go. All right, fine. I have to use the fucking toilet. <laughs> All right, so just like, admit it. Like, you got one on deck, and you got a fucking. That's fine. fine. She will be like, we're she'll, be like she'll be like, she'll be like, what do you, what do you mean? What are you doing? I'll be like, okay, goddamn it, I'm gonna go squat on the toilet like Gollum. Are you happy now? Uh, uh, yo, Tom. <laughs> by the way, he's being quite literal. Um, everybody listening, thank you for listening. Please go listen to the Chromags. Tom, have a wonderful night. Patrick, enjoy your bathroom break. Thank you so much. Peace.